to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm Apple. And today we have a bunch of comics. We have about six comics that we're going to review that came out about a month ago. We're going to review them all for you, give you our opinions on them, as well as give you any comic news that happened in the last two weeks, as well as book news, and give you your upcoming releases for the next two weeks. So, to start off with comic news... There's really two things to report. The very first thing to report is that right before Wizard World 2008, so it was right after we recorded the last comic podcast, which at this point has been about two weeks ago, it was announced that DC Comics has verified and confirmed that Birds of Prey, Nightwing, and Robin are all being canceled, and the February issues will be the last issued. I should probably stress that although they didn't say they're actually canceling the series, they just said that the series are ending, so that doesn't necessarily mean that they're canceled. They could be re-be- they could be being rebooted. Right, and so um, the forum members already have started chiming in on on these. Uh, I guess uh, the solicitation for these. So uh, it was pretty interesting reading what the forum members had to say on on this news. And the other news, which Apple kind of hinted at, was that the February solicitations for all the Batman comics have been released. That was released earlier this week. And you can actually view all those solicitations on the website, thebatmanuniverse.net. Go under Comic News, and you can see all the solicitations. And then you can go right into the forums and talk with all the other members of the forums about what's going on in the Batman Universe. The, the thread is entitled, The Batman Universe Shakeup. Because everything is about to be shaken really, really up. Yes, and we are all paying attention now from what they have put out on that solicitation. And for fans, it is spoilers, so when you go check it out, um, very interesting what you might find. Alright, so that's going to bring us into book news. There's only two books coming out in the next two weeks. The very first one is Batman Rules of Engagement. Now, this is written by... Andy Diggle, and the art and cover is by Wills Patacio and Richard Friend. Now in trade paperback, writer Andy Diggle, the Losers, from the Losers, joins forces with artist Wills Patacio and Richard Friend from Wetworks in this volume collecting the first six issues of Batman Confidential, looking at how Batman developed his arsenal in the war on crime. This is going to be 160 pages Color soft cover in 1999 US dollars. Like I said, that'll be available next week, November 26th. Oh, yes, I'm gonna pick up a copy. Alright, and then on December 3rd, we have Superman Batman Vengeance, written by Jeff Loeb, and the art and covers by Ed McGinnis and Dexter Vines. And the solicitation reads Don't miss this collection featuring Superman Batman number 20 through 25. The issues that reunited writer Jeff Loeb with the dynamic art team of Ed McGinnis and Dexter Vines. Featuring Darkseid, Lex Luthor, Superwoman, and Batwoman. That's going to be 160 pages, color, soft cover, and only $12.99 US dollars. Whoa, only 12 That's what it says. Wow. <laughs> that's 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 value right there. I, I I was actually waiting for you to say like $24.99, but $12.99? Oh man, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. I want information, and I'll get it any way I please. Alright, so... The comics that we are reviewing today, we're going to start off with Batgirl number 4, then we have Batman and the Outsiders number 12, then we have 
Robin number 179, followed by Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves number 1, then Batman Gotham After Midnight number 6, and last but not least, Birds of Prey number 123. Now, these comics all came out the weeks of October 15th and October 22nd, so we have hopefully given you enough time to go to your comic shop and pick all these up if you don't want to have the plot spoiled. Starting off with Batgirl number 4, now, Batgirl number four, this is four of six. This is continuing the story that we've talked about in the past about how Batgirl, Ravager, and Mark are all trying to dismantle Kane and Slade's army of drugged-up women that are kind of not, I wouldn't say metahuman, they've been drugged up and they have enhanced powers. The, the basic plot of this story, or this issue, I should say, is that Slade has basically seen Ravagers, Mark, and Batgirl. He saw that they have discovered the area that the the little army is based out of and basically attacks them. This leads to an all-in-all -all brawl between all of these drugged-up girls in this army, between Mark, Ravager, and Batgirl, and then, of course, Slade is with all of the drugged-up women fighting against skip a bunch of the stuff that's kind of irrelevant, but basically the entire time Batgirl's thinking, how can I... She's kind of feeling guilty for the fact that she's going to have to kill some of these girls, even though they're very similar to herself, and the fact that Kane created them just like Kane pretty much created her to be the way she is. Um, there's a nice little... There's a couple panels where Ravager is going against Slade, which is kind of interesting since they're father and daughter. At one point, I found... What I found really interesting was... Mark is convinced that you have to they have to destroy all of these girls in order to make sure that there's nothing left that Kane can work with and then they have to kill Kane. Well, one of the girls says, "Well, if we have to if you have to kill all of us in order to make sure that there's no trace of David Kane left, don't you have to kill yourself?" And she decides, "Well, whatever it takes." And basically takes the knife that's in the girl's hand and stabs herself with it just to make a point. We move a couple pages along, and Ravager finds out that on the other side of the wall, there are actually C4 bricks in the entire building. Slade it's, decides me and these, these army of women are going to be able to defeat these three, so there's no choice but to cover our tracks, and he blows up the building by using the detonator. When the smoke clears, Ravager, Batgirl, and Mark all sit there, and they have a discussion. This discussion basically leads to Ravager saying that she's going after her father, and Mark deciding that um, she she basically states that this is a game and that she's doing what she needs to do to make sure that everything's taken care of. Batgirl says this isn't a game. People's lives are at risk. And then we go to the part where Slade is actually calling David Kane, telling him, I, I want out of this. This is pointless. You only have to worry about Batgirl. They've all separated. And at this point, Batgirl goes back to the Batcave, patches herself up from her injuries, then meets... A guy named Sal, which I may have, I just may not be tracking who this guy is, but it's some guy who has a very similar backstory to Cassandra Kane. Then Oracle calls her. The thing is, Batgirl had these little microphones planted on Slade, these micro microphones, where she planted on them, you can't see them or anything, so she heard the entire conversation between Slade and David Kane. In that conversation, Slade basically tells Kane, number one, I'm, I'm done with you, I have, I don't want anything to do with this. And Kane says back to him, well this is, this is, 
ridiculous. You just blew up our entire work that we've been working on, and I've promised that I'm going to beat the person that would change the world for all metahumans in two days. How am I going to do that without the women? Slate says, well, I guess you'll have to do it yourself, and that was it. Well, the entire time Cassandra's having this meeting with this guy named Sal, she's trying to figure out who it is, and then she realizes who it is. It's actually Oracle. So at the very end of the story, she says, I should have figured it out. It was Oracle. I should have told her, but unfortunately, I need to get there, and I need to make sure that she doesn't know that he's actually coming for her, because I need to use her as bait so that I can get David Kane. And then the next story at the bottom, the, the preview part says, Batgirl number five, what, did, what will Batgirl do when her family, Batman, Robin, and Nightwing, gets in the way of her goal, which is probably ultimately killing David Kane. That was so. That was background number four. Did you get like um, the sense of the story that as as it's continuing on to issue six? Did you did you get like the fulfillment of what the storyline was in that one? I did, but this is one suggestion I have to put out to all of the listeners: if you have not been reading Batgirl, don't go pick it up at this point. Wait till they combine these six issues into a trade paperback, which will probably come out sometime early next year. Because this this storyline will probably be better if it's all in, all together. It's not really the storyline itself is I would say average. But the problem is the fact that you're waiting a month in between to find out what's going to happen. It's they're they're telling you very little story in each issue. But I think if they were all together, it would be a lot better. So I would suggest holding out and waiting for the trade paperback. And that's going to take us into uh, Batman and the Outsiders number 12. Right off the bat, you see the cover. The cover uh, leads you to believe someone is dead. Okay? And it has the Outsider symbols on the cover of the gravestone. Okay? And it has Batman's silhouette over it. And it says, an outsider dies. Once you go through and you read it, they're talking and they, they're at the cemetery and they see the, the tombstone and it says ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And, and it goes on to where it has a panel where it shows you here lies an outsider, which was kind of funny because it doesn't tell you the name right off the bat. It looks like flowers are covering the name. It says uh, two days ago and it leads into Grace and... Um, She's saying to herself, you know, I'm not, I'm not much for religion. And she starts talking to herself. And you can see that she, she's trying to be uh, uh, very emotional. She's saying, like, please, God, don't take don't take her. And she's talking about Thunder. And Thunder's in the hospital. Off of issue 11, it makes you want to think, okay, what happened between, between there that someone's dead? And now that um, Thunder's in the hospital. So it pans out, and uh, Black Lightning and, and Grace are hugging, and they're talking more. And, of course, they're trying to find out about Thunder, she's going to be okay. And Dr. Langstrom comes out, and she's telling him, you know, that she, you know, she, she suffered severe trauma, and she's still in a coma. And so Black Lightning, Black Lightning of course, he's, he's emotional about this. Grace just looks over and says, Batgirl. And Batgirl's standing right there. And she goes, well, you know, really, what are you doing here? So it leads you to believe something happened. So in the next, the next, as you continue the story, it tells you earlier that night, it goes off to a panel of Batman. And Batman's talking to the outsiders of where to find him, where, you know, he, he he's, um, he's on to the Black Gloves Trail. And he's telling them that he's giving them the information for them to go meet up with him. And it goes to the point where he's going to send off a code to, uh, to Remac. So as he's sending the code and he's coming through, Oliver tries to block it. And Oliver says, uh, we're not going to accept that code. 
But Batman already had disconnected because he felt that someone was already onto him, so he disconnected his line. Oliver tries to block it, and of course, Metaphor and Katana are, are trying to figure out, you know, why is he trying to block it? And he tells them, Batman's mannerisms are not like the person that was on that video. And he's trying to say that that wasn't Batman. So as he's trying to block it, Batgirl stops him, and she tells him, we're going to need that code. And he's like, you know, a uh, part of me, girly. <laughs> and so he's like, I've been doing this for a long time with Batman, you know, ever since, you know, that Batgirl was in diapers. And so she goes on explaining that what could it be that a clue to find Batman? Because she also senses that it wasn't Batman, but it's something that Batman would do by accepting that code and trying to find out what happened and all the outsiders are questioning it. So Oliver says, go, go right ahead. And then he walks out. Remack takes the code. And so, uh, he's, he's accepting the code. Remack then grabs thunder, which kind of starts to let you believe why the story began at the beginning like that. And so he's choking her. And then he, of course he's apologizing and Remack says, I feel funny. So while you're trying to get his grip off of thunder, he blows up and all you see is the building just like completely implode and so uh it goes back to the argument where grace was talking to batgirl and so you know she's saying she's sorry that she's here for her teammate and of course you know if she didn't have accepted the codes you know that the whole team wouldn't be there and then of course outsiders look at her and says you know if you didn't do that we would still be a team grace then says you know as far as i'm concerned there are no more outsiders and so batgirl's actually just left there alone it then turns to a panel where the outsiders were gathered at the cemetery, and then you see the outsider that was dead was uh, Salia. And I'm so, I hope I pronounced that right. It's a S A L A H H, and then um, of course um, the last name is Mandai. At the cemetery, then you get to see who the outsider that had uh, died, and of course um, Bad Girl just stays alone because the outsider's already moved on, and she's. She's right there at the, at the standing over the grave by herself. Doctor Langstrom now Manbat actually comes and says, "You know, it's not your fault. You know, you're just the closest one that they can take their anger out on you." And of course, he hands her his card to Cassandra and for her to call him. It goes back to where she's back in the Bat Cave, and the Bat Cave is actually really torn up. And she's talking to Robin, and Robin says that he he uncoded the code that was sent to Remac. And up pops in the black glove on the screen. And so she gets mad and she busts the screen and the black glove comes in and he says, "Who, you know, whoever is hearing this, if we have done our job, are already dead. And what we meant to destroy Batman was also destroying Robin, Nightwing, Commissioner Gordon, even the Outsiders. And so he makes that. And of course, you know, Batgirl is kind of stunned and she strikes the the screen and uh she says that there will be an outsiders even if i have to put them together myself and so it then leads off into batman question mark and the outsiders that's the ending to this book but what had led to uh what uh dustin and i have said on previous podcasts about the cover that's coming up for the the outsiders book where it doesn't have all these members in there. So that can be a clue to what Cassandra was probably doing, actually creating a whole new Outsiders. So, of course, you know, we have to wait to issue 13 to find out. But um, that's the ending right now of Batman and the Outsiders issue 12. All right, so then that's going to bring us into Robin number 179. Robin 179 
which was is written actually by uh, Fabian Naisa. I hope I said that right, and drawn by F- Freddie Williams III. This story brings in a very well, a very well done story with um, without the uh, R.I.P. tie-in like the Batman Outsiders 12 was. This one has Robin. It's really action-packed, guys. So not much story along the lines if you want to do story unless you want to see really Robin when he goes back to uh, high school. And when he's going back to to high school, uh, he breaks up a little, you know, kind of a drug deal cell, I guess. The real um, spotlight, I guess you could say in this story, is a spoiler, which is uh, Stephanie Brown. Her interaction with the general is this part of the story sells you on the story of what she's trying to do for Tim Drake, well, Robin, to move him along in his career as being a, a, as a detective. The general actually wants to be Robin's main nemesis, much like how Batman has a Joker. So uh, she uses, in this issue, really all her assets that are available to her. <laughs> so that is pretty much fun for fans to see. But it, it continues on, and of course it leads to uh, Robin and Alfred having uh, a talk about um, Gotham, how Batman would protect Gotham. Robin then takes the Batmobile, which was pretty cool to see the Bat- Batmobile driven by Robin. And so he goes out into the, to the street because he sees... Um, the gang of the Golden Dragons coming out, and of course, uh, the Golden Dragons are actually led by Lynx. Uh, Robin then shows up. Of course, he scares everyone, wants everyone to think that it's Batman in the Batmobile. But of course, Red Robin, who is behind, who is uh, standing up top, viewing this, uh, of course, with his, uh, I guess you could say, his little uh, hired gunman. I guess you could kind of say. Uh, to bring out Tim Drake out of the Batmobile, he then has the, uh, I guess, he, he, he must, I don't, I don't, and we've discussed this before, Dust, about who is the Red Robin, but of course, if he knows the tactics that Robin is taking, he knows how to counter it, of course, this is like a chess, playing chess, and they're making a move, and he's making his move, and so that's what it felt like in, uh, in this interaction, where Red Robin is, moving his his uh his chess pieces i guess you could kind of say and trying to bring out robin out of the batmobile of course robin comes out of course forces his hand and then uh spoiler comes along and actually tries to help him red robin says that it's between us two and so that's where the issue ends and you see a full-on detailed page of red robin coming down and of course uh going after uh tim drake the, the ending of the book, of course, had you you have to what's coming out in uh, the next month. It has red it has Red Robin standing over Tim Drake, and it says Robin is at the mercy of Red Robin. Robin one seventy nine. It's an awesome action packed issue, but the story continues on because you want to now find out what's going on with issue one eighty. Who is this Red Robin? Really, who is he? Since he knows the tactics that really what Batman has passed along all the way down to Tim Drake. So it, I, I like this issue. Uh, the Golden Dragons, the Lynx, I think that's a good character to keep an eye on for the future. So that was a good that was a good issue. Okay, guys, that's going to go ahead and take us into uh, Superman and Batman versus Vampires and Werewolves issue one, written by Kevin Van Hook, 
and drawn by Tom Madrick. This issue, of course, it starts off with a body that's actually been attacked on. The writer, to me, seems to try to fit a lot of story, but the artist that's going along with it is... um, I don't know if he's a newcomer. Uh, I don't know if it's one of these deals where... It, it was an idea that was pitched to DC. Okay, hey, you know, we got these two new guys. Let's go ahead and bring them in and try to go ahead and uh, do this story for them and see how it goes off. The story goes off where, of course, for Batman, he, he's never really seen, I guess, a vampire. He tries to interact with them. Of course, the vampire tries, he, he gets away um, before Batman is really getting in discussion with him. The book is called Superman and Batman. However, Wonder Woman makes an appearance before Superman even makes an appearance in this book. Uh, of course, it, it leads, Wonder Woman leads to finding out, like, seeing a vampire attacking a girl. Once again, the story is being put into the, to the word bubbles. Not much interaction in, as far as words, as far as Wonder Woman trying to find out what's going on. It's trying to be more action sense, I guess you could kind of say. The writer is doing uh, an okay job in this issue it's really hard to describe because it's it's just taking off and and it's filling the story of like the occurrences that's going on and of course it's it's giving you a sense of the batman we already know but it's kind of going over uh it's going all over what batman would do rather than um moving the story but he's trying to figure out what is the corpse that he he came across um, where he had met a vampire. He goes on into it, and the story continues trying to find out what kind of thing this is, really what kind of creature this is. Before you could even get along in a story, you, you have a sense that a vampire is controlling a werewolf. That's where it comes into being, where Batman being the detective is finding blood, going and searching around, while you tend to see that this vampire is controlling a werewolf. Um... Batman, the story actually doesn't even really get interesting until the end of the book where Batman actually makes contact with a, uh, a scientist and what he's uh, studying. And, of course, Batman, being the detective, knows when someone's lying. Of course, it gives you another full-on story within the word bubbles that uh, you have to go on to see that what this, this doctor is really doing is actually a study of bringing things back to life. And so... It leads off where he has, underneath his office, where Batman had visited him, it has a whole bunch of, it looks like vampires and werewolves that are being brought back to life. And so, that's the first issue of Superman and Batman versus vampires and werewolves. Not much detail as far as how the story is going to progress, because it doesn't give you that, guys. It, it, it just tells you what's going in on the in and out, and then it gives you a backstory of really vampires and werewolves. So it's something we all know, waiting for the wow factor, yep. That's why I said it didn't get good until the end, because the wow factor was really honestly in the last two pages of this book. Alright, so the next issue we have is Batman Gotham After Midnight, number six. Now, as we talked about before, I think what I ended up doing was, I, I think... When I told everybody about issue number five, I might have made a mistake. I clearly stated that I that Midnight was actually the Joker, and that was not the case. It was basically because 
I found out the reason why I figured, I assumed that in the last issue, and that was because the Joker and Midnight are actually working together in this issue. Now, in this issue, it's actually Halloween night, and the story starts off kind of slow. Um, there's an interaction between the detective that's named April and Bruce Wayne, and then the story moves along to Gordon meeting up with Batman and stating that he, someone left him an invitation, he opens it up, it's from the Joker saying, come to my house for a Halloween party because there's some children that I've kidnapped that are in a bus, and, and Gordon warns him before, don't take the streets, they're all super crowded because it's Halloween night, and Batman insists, no, I, I'll take the streets, and he takes the streets specifically because he can see all the people in the costumes, and he can blend in with the, the civilians unlike he can any other day of the year. And there was two funny parts in this he actually walked right past Green Arrow, and, and Green Arrow was like, Bruce, and Batman goes, Oliver, and they just keep walking on. That was kind of interesting, and then uh, later on, everybody was either dressed up as a superhero or a supervillain or something. Everybody was dressed up as something, and then there was, you know, the common costumes. There's an astronaut, there's a witch, a clown, but there's people dressed up as the Joker, there's people dressed up as Batman, there's a Bane, there's a, there a Flash, there's a Superman... I mean, it was pretty cool, and then at one point you see a couple of other costume people, and it looks like you know, somebody did a really good job with a Mr. Freeze costume, and then then the person with them is Catwoman, and you assume, wow, that's a really good costume, and it turns out it's actually them. It actually is Mr. Freeze and Catwoman. To make a long story short, because it was kind of, a, to me, a disappointment in the way it ended... Batman gets to the house the Joker's having this little get-together at. He finds out that the Joker and the Midnight are actually working together to try to capture Batman. Batman, of course, gets out. Midnight escapes after Midnight shoots the Joker and Batman stays back to somehow he feels the necessity to save Joker. Joker tells him the whereabouts of the children. The children are saved, but Batman still doesn't know anything about Midnight. Now, at the very end, Batman does say that the Joker revealed Midnight's identity but the person he said it was was detective this detective april's partner lucas the last scene shows a guy at with a flat tire and he's like and he's like gordon's never going to believe this first i'm late and now i have a flat tire they're never going to believe that this is really true and then all of a sudden you see a word bubble that says well maybe i could help you out and then the page you turn the page and it's killer croc basically hulking over this guy saying that maybe there's a better reason why he'll be late. So that was that issue. Alright, so then that's going to bring us into Birds of Prey, number 123. In the last issue, we did mention that the the very end of the story basically was the Joker standing in front of Barbara Gordon with a gun. Now, in the beginning of this issue, Barbara Gordon decides in the very beginning she's not actually afraid of the Joker anymore. And once she decides that... Then it turns out that Joker has no idea who she is. She has no he has no idea that she is Barbara Gordon, that she's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. He just thinks she's some redhead girl that is in a wheelchair. He is amused for the fact that she's not scared of him. The cops show up as the cops show up, the Joker leaves, and the cops are convinced that she's actually trying to hide the birds of prey. She shows them the jacket that she supposedly found in the back alley, as well as tells them about the Joker. She gives them a tour of the building that they work out of, which has nothing but hidden doors to actually show anything that's Birds of Prey related. The police leave, Oracle gets in contact with the birds, 
and tells them that they don't have any other options, they need to link up with the calculator, and they need to get the calculator to be team up with them. Now, what's amusing about this is the calculator is actually featured on the cover. It says the calculator joins the bird's prey. But the calculator on the cover is not the same calculator that they show in the comic, and I don't understand why they did that. That's a completely side note. But um, birds link up with calculator, and they basically say, you have to help us. Calculator is under the assumption that Affinity is actually Oracle because they want to make sure that Barbara Gordon's identity remains anonymous. And Calculator tells her that in order to get the, the Syndicate, they have to understand who they're dealing with. So he goes into listing off all the people and telling them how horrible all these people are. The Calculator basically then turns out and says he's going to call the Syndicate since he's been working for kind of both sides. And he contacts Visionary. Visionary then dispatches the entire syndicate to the airport to meet up with the calculator and the birds. And in the meantime, Visionary also gets in contact with the Joker, who nobody can understand why the syndicate would have the Joker working for them. The Joker makes a U-turn and says, I'm not going to go to this meeting because I just realized it. It was right in front of my face. That girl who's in the wheelchair in front of me, she's Barbara Gordon. So, and his last sentence was, I wonder how much postage it would cost to have a severed head sent to Gotham. The next issue, it says, Birds of Prey 124, this is it, the Joker's last laugh, so obviously he's going back to see Barbara Gordon. So that's Birds of Prey 123, and that wraps all of our reviews up. What have you got for me? Now, just as a quick recap, we're going to run through it and do something a little different that we haven't done before. We're going to run through the comics and basically tell you what we think on a scale of 1 to 5, what we think of the story and the artwork App, let's get your impression first off of Robin 179. Okay, uh, Robin 179, as far as story, um, as far as what was in there, I would give it about 2.5 batterings. The artwork was very well done. I can kind of see that the the artist is trying to do his, his really bring out his best in it. Okay, I will give him about 3.5 on artwork. All right, so... I guess for Birds of Prey, I would say the storyline, I would or the, the, the writing, the story, I would give probably a 3 out of 5 Batarangs, just because it is actually a pretty interesting story, and I am kind of interested to see how this is all going to play out. Although I do have to say, it would have been a lower score if not for the fact that there's that Joker-Barbara Gordon factor that's kind of intertwining itself into these last couple issues, and obviously it'll be in the next issue as well. But if that story wasn't there, it'd probably have a lower score. The artwork, I would just give a average 3 out of 5 Batarangs, just because it's nothing special, but it is good. Right, and so uh, Batman and the Outsiders, number 12... I, I feel bad for uh, the writer, who is uh, Frank Terry, because uh, it, it seems he has to dance around Grant Morrison's R.I.P. storyline. It, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that great because it, it, it's, it's just not all fitting in there within what how Paul Dini was doing Detective and how he was doing a far better job in that issue. Terry wasn't doing that. So I'm going to have to give them a disappointing two batterings for story. Um, artwork 2 by Ryan Benjamin. As you flip through the, the panels in here, you can see that a lot of it was rushed. And I, I believe they're trying to get rushed because of the RIP storyline. So 
I was high on, on Outsiders number 11. I'm not so high on Outsiders number 12. So as far as artwork, I'm going to have to give them disappointing 2.5 batterings on, as far as artwork for the Batman and Outsiders number 12. All right, so then Batgirl number 4 of 6. Story, like I said, it's honestly, it seems like it'd be worth a wait for the trade paperback. So I hate to say it, but I'm going to give it only a 1.5 out of 5 batarangs just because the story collectively would would be better than the story split up in six sections the artwork same thing as birds of prey general artwork nothing super special so three out of five batarangs okay so superman and batman versus vampires and werewolves issue one this is a new tandem you can tell that it, it looks very new right off the bat what gets gets me guys um, what I'm going to have to rate first is the artwork. Um, I hate to do this to an artist, but it just seems like the artist is just, is just getting in to the industry. It looks as, as far as artwork, this is maybe, maybe, uh, two, two batarangs out of five. And I only give it two because I, I, I hope he does get better within issues two and three. Um, as far as the writing, the writing didn't pick up until the end. So, as far as the writer, I'm going to give it 2.5 batarangs because the first part is very disappointing. We all know Batman. We all know vampires and werewolves. You don't have to educate us on that. So, that's where I felt that the story was kind of redundant where just take us into the story. Just get us in. Just get us involved in it. And it just didn't really seem until really the last pages. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to give it a 2.5 as far as, uh, as far as writing on the. The Superman and Batman versus Vampires and Werewolves, issue one. All right, then that leaves the last one, which was Batman Gotham After Midnight. The writing for this one, uh, Steve Niles, I think he does a really good job. This issue in particular, I think the writing was almost sight on point. I like the fact that uh, Batman was walking amongst all these people that were dressed up in costumes, and he stated that he loves Halloween because he can do that. I love that point. I'm going to give writing four out of five. Batarangs. Now, the artwork, Kelly Jones, neither one of us are big Kelly Jones fans, but the thing is, particularly, I'm not a big fan of the style that got Batman Gotham After Midnight, the style of the artwork that is that they use. I don't really like it, so it's kind of unfair, but my opinion of the artwork is uh, 1.5 out of 5 Batarangs. So that's about all of the reviews we've got. Really? Let's go into your upcoming releases for next week, November 26th. We've got Batman number 681, which is part of the R.I.P. storyline, and it's starting to wrap up, so you should probably get a hold of that one. Batman Gotham After Midnight, number 7 of 12. Batman Rules of Engagement, as we talked about earlier, has Batman Confidentials 1 through 6 collected in a trade paperback form. Birds of Prey, number 124. Superman and Batman vs. Vampires and Werewolves, number 4. Then, if we go over to December, the first week of December, we've got Batman, number 682. So you got two main Batman titles in a row, two weeks in a row. And the last one, as we mentioned earlier, Superman, Batman, Vengeance, the trade paperback that we talked about earlier. So that's all your upcoming releases. So make sure that if you're going to get anything... As much as I'm not a big fan of the Grant Morrison story right now, there's so much stuff that's being left unanswered at this point that we, you kind of just have to pick it up just to find out what the heck's going on. So make sure you get out there and get 681 and 682. 
in your local comic book shop. Mm-hmm. Just just to at least find out how this storyline is going to play, and then we can do a whole review on the freaking storyline. Because yeah. <laughs> it's just going to go all over the place with all the times that we're just going different different routes. Exactly. And as a reminder, the website is up and live. And you can go to our forums. A number of people have already come into the forums. We have got a comic section under the forums where you can discuss Batman allies, Batman villains, Batman in general, and all the news that's surrounding everything in the Batman universe comic world. So, we don't have any more time! On that note, this is Dustin. And this is Apple. And you've been listening to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Later, guys. Have a nice day.